Looking for a career in education? The Marana Unified School District is hiring for the 2023-2024 school year. Come be a part of the organization that was named Best Places to Work for the past two years as voted upon in the Best of the Northwest. Learn more by visiting MoranaUSD.org. Are you interested in a career in public safety? Take the first step and enroll in the Marana Police Department Explorer Program, available this summer for teens and young adults ages 14 to 20. Classes meet every Wednesday at the Marana Police Station in downtown Marana. To apply, visit www.maranaaz.gov mpd. Welcome to Real Talk with the Town, where I sit down with the Marana staff to answer your burning questions about our beautiful community. My name is Terry Rosema, and I'm the town manager for the town, so let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Real Talk with the Town. My name is Terry Rosema, and I am the town manager for the town and your host for Real Talk. And today we're going to be talking about... Marana Unified School District and how and what we're doing, specifically the school district, what they're doing to prepare our children for the future. And today I have with me a very esteemed guest and an incredible golfer, which I'll get to in a minute, but uh, our superintendent of schools, Dr. Dan Streeter. Dan, say hello to all of our listeners and Tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, what, what hello, do you do? everybody. It's, it's great to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, Terry. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share some highlights of MUSD. Uh, as you mentioned, proud superintendent of the Miranda Unified School District, uh, wrapping up my third year. In fact, this week uh, is graduation week. Mm-hmm. Uh, promotion in graduation week, I should say, not to uh, discount our eighth graders. Out Big there. stuff so going on. We've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of activity, but it's uh, that exciting celebratory uh, time of the year for us. Fantastic. Well, before we jump into all the stuff that we want to cover about the schools and the questions that came in from some of our listeners, I want to hit a little icebreaker, Dan. I don't know how you feel about that. Makes but me I'm a little nervous. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, go. I'm going to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart, your golf game. Tell me about your golf game, because I've actually golfed with this guy, and I swear, I swear, man, I was golfing with like Tiger Woods or something, man. This guy can hit the ball a country mile. Yeah. I so where, where'd that come from, Dan? I, I don't know about the Tiger. I I think that might be more of an indication of your game rather oh, than my game. Oh, <laughs> man. But that's true. That is a true statement right there. I'm a lousy, lousy golfer. And Dan was like, why did they pair me with this guy? This is this is terrible. I noticed but, we haven't played again together. Since no, we haven't, man. I, and purposely. It's been purpose. But how, wh- wh- where'd the, the, the great game of golf uh, come around for you? How, how, how did you get into it? How did you become such a, I don't know, you're probably not a scratch golfer. No, I, my son is, which is probably the answer to your question. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I, I am lucky. I grew up uh, playing golf, not competitively, but I, you know, I had grandparents and parents that were involved in the game, so I always played mm-hmm. casually. But I was more of your traditional football, basketball, baseball athlete mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in in high school. I played college baseball. Um, and, and kind of just recreationally with golf. What really uh, has gotten me into golf lately is just my son. My son is uh, an avid golfer. He's he's a scratch golfer. Mm. Which um, one? You got two sons. So, so which... my youngest son, okay. uh, who is graduating tomorrow night for, mm. well, I should say Tuesday night uh, from uh, Mountain View High School. Uh, but he's off to play college golf 
for his next uh, chapter. So right my on. golf is really, it's his golf. I, I do, uh, I play as much as I can with him, but that's about the extent of my golfing. Wow. But what a great father son thing to be doing, right? Man, what it's, uh, something that we can do together. Some, you know, we can travel places and, and play golf together. So I think this yeah. is, uh, we're off to a good start there. Very, very cool. Well, I'm going to read a couple of questions that came in from some of our listeners, uh, specifically about MUSD. The first one is how do we ensure the Miranda unified school district goes from good to great? That's kind of assuming that we're good and not great already, but how do we go from good to great and educate our children for the 21st century employment opportunities? So that's question number one. And uh, uh, the next couple here, what's the town's involvement with MUSD, more growth, schools, et cetera? And we don't really have a lot of involvement with that. You guys, you, know, you guys set the tone for that. And then the last one is from the five-year plan, we need to build new schools to accommodate the influx of families into the town of Marana. Focus on education and school improvements. So those are the things that are kind of going to kind of uh, frame our discussion and conversation here today. So kind of keep those things in the back of your mind. But before we get to those actual questions and, and deal with those, tell us a little bit about uh, what you know about the history of MUSD, you know, when you came on board and, and some of the challenges perhaps that you've been dealing with for uh, the past three years. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, when you think about the history of MUSD, you know, we're coming up on 100 years mm. of Marana schools. And what started off is a, really a, a one-room schoolhouse in, in the North Marana, actually in the Aver Valley area, mm. and, and kind of transitioned into Rolito and North Marana. Um, you know, you, you fast forward to where we are today. We've gone from that one-room school schoolhouse 100 years ago to 18 schools, 13,000 students, 13,000 uh, 13, students, 13,000 students, a school wow. district that covers 500 uh, square miles. We oh cover a, just a, a huge geographic area. In fact, our, our buses run about 13,000 miles each day. Wow. Uh, getting uh, students to and from school and uh, their different various activities. So, you know, Marana, I, I think all of us uh, are drawn to Marana for that small town feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it may not be the same small town that it used to be that that feels certainly, certainly not the small town 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. But the feels still there. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the challenge maybe both of us yeah. are, are tasked with is, is how do we maintain this small town feel in this growing uh, community. And so the history is neat. It, it's when you look about where we start, look back to where we started to where we are today. It's uh, a pretty proud history. Yeah, that, that is impressive. And I think our listeners are going to appreciate knowing, you know, going from one room schoolhouses to 13,000 students. Uh, that's, that's very impressive. Um, so a little bit more recent history. Tell us about your history with MUSD. Yeah. So this, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this is my third year superintendent of MUSD came into the district right in the middle of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, which is I remember uh, that really well. <laughs> that present, was, presented some challenges, tough, tough times. <laughs> yeah, and so at a time when uh, I was hoping to be building relationships in the community, we were uh, engaged in some pretty difficult uh, conversations, and mm -hmm. a lot of times uh, tension-filled uh, conversations. Uh, but I think we we navigated through the the pandemic well. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we tried to uh, maintain open lines of communication. I think that, I think that we did that on, on really a, a positive level. 
Uh, and now you look at today, uh, out of the pandemic, ready to move forward and really engaging in those relationship building type conversations, but also in some collaborative conversations about what is the future look like for MUSD? Oh, that's, you know, that's, what, that's one of the questions. Where there. are we going in, you know, maybe, maybe not the next hundred years, right? But, <laughs> but what does the next five <laughs> years look like? Exactly. There so. we go. Let's, let's keep it short term. <laughs> and let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the short term here, because you mentioned it already. You said that we've got uh, some graduations coming up. We've got some eighth grade graduations. We got some seniors graduating from high school, going on to college, going out into the into the world. What what is MUSD doing to prepare the children of Marana, the students of Marana, for their futures? Yeah, you know, I think the most important thing when you look at the aspects of education is providing as many different pathways for students to experience success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that uh, experiencing success, you're also developing a future for those students. So this week, we're going to see 900 students walk across the stage, uh, whether it be Mountain View, uh, Marana High School, or MCAT High School. Uh, of that, you're going to see a large percentage of students are getting ready to take off into higher education. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw more AP advanced placement tests taken this year than at any other time in the, the district's really? history. Really? Um, but at the same time, we also had about 300 students earn an industry certification through their career and technical education class. And, All right. And, so, and that's so- not past the class. That's actually took an industry certification exam. So they're coming out of school with a certification. Ready to go. These are kids that are like, I don't want to go to college. This, yeah, absolutely. And Give me some examples of, of things, certifications that some of these people so have. So w- what's great through the robust offering of, of CTE classes, current technical education, we have students that are walking out with A-plus certification in computer networking. You have students oh. walking out with HVAC, which I think you and I can mm-hmm. maybe fight over uh, who's going <laughs> to hire those, but they're HVAC uh, certifications. We have tremendous welding program coming out of Miranda High School with a yes. group of students that are ready to engage in, in our local economy uh, tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so th- really through all these robust offerings, uh, again, students that are ready for higher ed, but students who are ready to contribute right now to the local economy just through the experiences that they've been able to take advantage of in, in MUSD. That's outstanding. Now, tell me a little bit about how you're working with uh, some of the industries that are so uh, that are in such desperate need of workers. So I know, for example, the construction industry is hurting so badly, and I heard you talk about welders specifically in HVAC. Um, but what are some other things? Because I, I know that you've been working uh, behind the scenes and meeting with people in the construction industry to talk about how we can prepare people for that. And there's plenty of young people that are drawn toward that. So tell me a little bit about how, how that's going. Yeah, you know, I, it's a great point. And when you think about Moran and, and the opportunity that exists in this in this town is is we really do have an opportunity to, to create a cradle-to-career uh, mm-hmm. environment here. Mm-hmm. Uh what students need, it exists here. You know, students can grow up in this community, attend our schools, and and gra- upon graduation, find employment and stay here locally. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've really been actively doing is working with our local industry partners. What What is the industry that's out there? What are the needs that you have? And then how do we create very specific individualized programs so that we're bringing students through our schools and ready to contribute immediately to our companies. So where CTE, career and technical education might be really big 
uh, terms, right? Mm-hmm. Welding or computer networking, mm-hmm. nursing. What we're really trying to do is identify those partners here locally and be more specific. What are the specific needs that we have and how do we create programs that are more closely related to our, our local partners' needs? And do, uh, where, where are we getting the people to teach those classes from? Yeah, so that's part of the partnership. Right, not is, too many people go to the U of A and get a degree in teaching welding. So so who are the people that are teaching those and, classes? Yeah, so you are having to draw off of the industry experts. And, and that's oh, wow. one of the nice things that we can do is, yeah. is bring in industry experts. And maybe it's not the traditional classroom teacher that's there for 180 days, but maybe we're tapping into our industry partners and, and bringing in experts from the field for small units or modules, if you will. So a big part of it is just is part of that partnership is not just us providing future employees, but also then we need the instructors provided to us. All right. Well, if you're ever looking for an expert uh, golf instructor, just give me a ring. I <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about um, what what are some of the conditions that you think our students are going to be facing out there. I mean, what's what's changing out there for for kids as they're they're graduating? And certainly, uh, higher education is getting higher and higher in terms of the cost. And uh, so, what what are some of the options out there? What are some of the things that they're going to be facing upon graduation? You know, I think the most important thing that we need to equip our students with are the skills that are going to allow them to adapt and really be agile in their working life. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, I think in the era that maybe you and I grew up in, and probably a lot of our listeners, is you graduated from high school, maybe you went to college, maybe you didn't, but you're able to go into a career, and for a lot of us, stayed in that career for Mm -hmm. a 30-year period and retired from that career. Right. That's just not the reality today. Uh, Folks are are changing careers at an average of about seven to nine different times, Um, and careers are changing Yeah. in in the needs. So as as much as, obviously, there's content that students need to learn. There's there's things they have to know Mm -hmm. coming out of school. But more importantly, we need to make sure that we're giving them the critical thinking skills, the communication skills, collaboration skills, those skills beyond content knowledge that will allow them to be agile uh, contributors to the economy and be able to move from profession to profession, job to job, or just even, you know, as their job, as what their job entails iterates over time, they need to be able to iterate with that profession. Yeah, that is a very unique uh, change in the workforce because, you know, uh, you and you're a younger guy than me, but still, you know, uh, uh, in the same era. And you know, I, I went to school and I got my degree in um, in criminal justice, and I got into law enforcement, and I stayed in that career for 35 years. And I only had two different, you know, organizations that I worked for in those 35 years. Uh, so it is very different because I see that even with my own kids, Absolutely. you know, moving around every five, six, seven years uh, in in their employment. So. Uh, I think it's great that you're thinking about those things and trying to prepare kids uh, to be able to uh, maneuver through those different opportunities as they come up. People lose their valuables every day simply because they forget to lock their car doors. Don't be another statistic. Remove all your belongings anytime you leave your car, including valuables and weapons. This is a message from the Marana Police Department, reminding all residents to lock it or lose it. 
Are you splash savvy? In the event of a home drowning, you are the first responder. We'll walk you through the steps so you can prevent further complications until help arrives. Learn more from Marana Lifeguards, Marana Police, and Northwest Fire District at moranaaz.gov backslash splash savvy. We are first responders against drowning, and we are splash savvy. Have you heard? Marana has unforgettable festivals and events. From parades to fireworks, rodeo competitions to light shows, we'll show you a good time. Learn more about the Marana Signature Event Series by visiting moranaaz.gov events. So let's talk about something that I, I hear about probably the most from our residents. And I think a lot of people assume that the town, in fact, I got a call from a lady not that long ago that wanted to know why I wasn't building uh, more schools. And I said, well, um, we, we don't build schools, you know. Well, you're the Miranda Unified School District. I said, but that's not a part of the town. So a lot of people don't understand. They're completely two separate entities. You have a, a board of directors. It's not called a board of directors. The governing board. Governing board. You have a governing board. I have a council completely separate. There's, there's no intertwining of funds. There's no intertwining of decisions. Certainly, we work together. We're great partners. Love MUSD. But the question I probably get the most often is, when are they going to start building some more schools? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you've built, I'll tell you what, man, two fabulous, fabulous schools in the, in the, in the time that I've been up here in uh, the Gladden Farm School. And then of course, in the, the STEM school up in Dub Mountain, amazing facilities. But is there anything else on the horizon or are you guys done? Yeah, that's a great question. We're not, definitely not done. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we see the growth happening around us, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the North Marana area. Yeah. Uh, we were fortunate last November, uh, Proposition 491 passed. Yes. Uh, included in that bond initiative were, were dollars for a new K-8 in mm -hmm. the Gladden 2 subdivision. Yes. Uh, so we are hoping to have that open by the... I'd love to give you a date. I think I might be backing myself into a corner if I do that, uh, but we are we going to hold it to you. What, what are we thinking approximately? <laughs> we're, go, we're going into some pre-construction meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I would say five years ago, uh, timelines were th things moved pretty quick and, and I could hope for like a fall 2025 opening. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be our goal. Okay. Uh, I think supply chain issues might, uh, might impact that. So okay. uh, fall 2026 at the absolute latest. But the target date that we've given our architect and our contractors fall of 2025. All right. Uh, that'll be a K-8, uh, like I said, the Gladden 2 subdivision. So when you look at really the, the, the K-8 or K-6 models in that area, Gladden Farms Elementary, right. that school's at capacity now, which is why both of us are which getting is, calls. Which is crazy because that school is what? I don't know, five, six, it's, seven yeah, years old? Yeah, it's just old. five years old. And, five years and, old, and, and, and it's at capacity. We're trying is as quickly as I'm trying to get portable classrooms off of our campuses. I'm I'm adding them to some of our <laughs> to campuses. some of the campuses, yeah, yeah and so. the STEM school too. That one filled up like I mean, so, you, I think uh, beyond uh, expectations. Yes. Uh, right away. Uh, but even Estes Elementary is at capacity. Right. So yeah. there's there's this need in North Marana. So the the K eight uh, is moving forward. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor growth in the area and, and see what the time frame would be for another maybe elementary school in the area. 
So this is on the horizon. This isn't something you're you're dreaming about, thinking about could happen. This is happening. You've already got. You said I think you said you got an architect and you got a contractor. It's done. It's on happening. Board. Yes, it's happening. It's happening. Fall right. twenty twenty five is the target date. You were here. You heard it here right from Doctor Streeter's mouth. Uh, this this school is coming and it's going to go in Gladden Farms and it's going to go off the new Clark Farms Boulevard. Is that? Yeah, I, I believe what Clark Farms and is it Mike Eller? Yep. A, yeah. So about halfway between uh, between Moore and Tangerine, yeah. roughly, approximately. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's good news. That that's huge. So what about? I, I tell you what, you know, Marana High School is a big high school. Lots of kids there, man. And it's a big campus, so it's it's accommodating them quite nicely, I think. But any plans for, you know, what you're going to do as that continues to grow? Yeah, so it, it's a small city out there if you haven't been out there. <laughs> uh, 2,300 students, a uh, lot of Is activity. Is that the biggest high school in, in the area? It's not the biggest in the area. Okay. Uh, you look at uh, like a Tucson high school. But, okay. Uh, for, for my sports fans out there, Marana High School is a 6A school. It's, it's there you a, go. It's in the top division. Yes, uh, and Mountain View is equally uh, uh, closing in on capacity with about 1,800 students. Okay. So really the, the second biggest question I get after the new elementary question is, what do you, when does another high school come? Mm-hmm. And another high school would be on the horizon. Uh, the reality is, is North Marana would be the place that that would need to come. Mm-hmm. Right now, looking at our demographics, we don't have the number of high school students in the area, and then looking at trends coming through, we're not quite at a number that would warrant a third comprehensive high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a number that we're watching, and, and yeah. I think over the next five to 10 years, you're going to see that conversation heat up. In the meantime, we, we do need to alleviate some of the enrollment pressures at the two high schools. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do, Doc? So I mean, you're, you're a creative guy, we, uh, right? We, and we you're always thinking outside the box. So uh, you heard it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. He said, we have a plan. What's the plan, Doc? So let's talk about the plan. Uh, Back in very early uh, 2020, the school district bought the old urgent care facility off of Silver Bell Road. Very familiar with it. Been there a few times. 35,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. uh, Some pads on that property that could add another uh, 90,000 square feet. Wow. Uh, We're going to be converting that space here in the near future, probably within the next year, into some high school programming. So one, providing a, a more personalized learning environment for students, and we could we could almost do a whole show on on really the future of education. I gotta tell you what, man, that sounds fascinating. This will be the this will be the glimpse of that uh, personalized education opportunity for students, but also layering in some dual enrollment options through Pima Community College mm-hmm. and more career and technical education opportunities for our students. So you'll see uh, probably looking at cybersecurity being added Mm. here in the near future. Uh, You talked about construction. We have a construction program in the district. We want to expand that construction program. Uh, The Silverbell Complex will provide us an opportunity to do that. So so this will be for, for I mean, how are you going to select these kids? Because I got to imagine that this might be a very popular thing. I, you know, it's going to be popular. It, it's going to be, and, and really, what we're doing is is trying to find a place where we can bring 400 high school students mm-hmm. off of our existing campuses. Okay. Right, create a little bit of relief while we're waiting for for really the population to to get to the need for a third comprehensive high school. So 400 students is is really the goal for that site. Uh, pulling from our existing student uh, body. It'll be an application uh, process. And as we get closer to 
um, that project will be rolling out what exactly that looks like, what that plan is, how parents can get more information, how students can start thinking about uh, really getting into that application process. Yeah. But really creating a, a different experience. So, and we know that there's students out there that uh, are looking for a different high school experience, something yeah. that's more personalized to them. And, and that's what we're looking to create. I, I like the thinking. I like the idea. I can't wait to to see it executed and see how that works out. Um, and, and with regard, you know, I, I don't think that people really realize when you start talking about uh, building a high school, how expensive that is. I mean, I, I got to believe when you, I mean, you're talking about basketball courts, you're talking about football fields, you're talking about, I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, you've, if you look at the price tag for the the K eight that mm-hmm. we're, that's currently in the works, it's about a forty million dollar project. And, wow! And that forty million dollar project, our our directive to the contractor and architect was build us a functional school. Yeah. Right. We're not looking for the bells and whistles. We don't need any architectural awards. Yeah. We need a functional, safe school. There you go. Uh, but that price tag's forty million dollars. So mm-hmm. let's upscale that. Um. For a high school. You're going to cover 800 students in that. A high school is going to need to cover about 2,000 students. Oh, man. Um, And then the different facilities that you just talked about, right? You start thinking about athletic facilities, gyms, auditoriums, science labs. Uh, That price tag starts to push $100 million. One of the things that we've really tried to do is is make sure that um, we're created with our funding sources. Uh, We just talked about the Silver Bell Complex. We're doing that through state grants. That was not part of the bond. That is not that is not taxpayer dollars going to that. That's state grants that we'll be paying. Again, another creative building. way to meet the needs of the students in our community and to save the taxpayers money. Absolutely. Fantastic. And so look ahead as we look out five years, 10 years, potentially a third high school. What does that look like in Marana? Is there a way that we can repurpose some of our existing facilities to meet mm. that need? Those are going to well, be conversations that are happening in this community. Right on. No, one more question here. I want to talk a little bit about your relationship and the partnership that you have with the town. Now, you and I are both familiar with that, but maybe some of the listeners aren't, and I touched on it uh, briefly. But why don't you kind of uh, walk our listeners through kind of the uh, – the partnership and, and how the relationship between the, the town uh, the town and MUSD works and, and how is it working well for you or is it not? Does does <laughs> does the guy that runs the town need to do a little bit better like he does on his golf game? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to uh, draw comparisons to the golf game. I, I think that uh, <laughs> that might again that might be another episode. <laughs> No, you know, I think one of the things that we're, we're really blessed with in, in Marana is the relationships that we have. Not We talked a lot about local industry on, on, on this show, but it's also the town. Mm-hmm. And it's the work that we do with the town, uh, whether it be shared facility use, right? The, mm-hmm. the town being able yes. to use school facilities as well as the district being able to use town facilities. I think maybe the most critical thing, uh, especially in this day and age, is the partnership that we have in the town when it comes to school resource officers. Mm-hmm. And just the opportunity to have school resource officers in our secondary schools, where we're able to be, uh, able to create an environment where our officers are building relationships with our kids, yes, uh, and, and really build and, and providing a service to our students and families. Right, that that now becomes a resource that our students and families have access to. Um, law-related education in the classroom, mm-hmm. and also just building a healthy respect for authority and law enforcement at, like at the same it. time. You know, it, it's uh, so 
The partnership with the town of Marana for the school resource officers is, is certainly something that we uh, are appreciative of. Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. um, again, just running programs either through the town or the town coming into the district. Um, you know, I think what we're trying to do is create as, as connected uh, of a relationship that we can. Uh, you and I have been in meetings about, you know, what, what services are missing that we can provide, right. whether it's a daycare facility and, yes. and how do we come together and, and work together on something like that. So, you know, I, I think there's some of those traditional pieces in place. I think one of the things that uh, I appreciate about the town of Marana is there's also some innovative conversations that are happening. Yeah. Well, Dr. Streeter, I certainly appreciate you joining us here today and talking a little bit about uh, our schools, uh, what's on the horizon for us and uh, what we can expect. And uh, I have never heard, uh, you know, a bad thing about the Marana Unified School District, glowing reviews from uh, parents. I had uh, a vast majority of my children uh, went from kindergarten all the way through high school uh, in the MUSD system. And uh have nothing but uh, great things to say about the uh, the educational system here. So thanks for your work in that and to all the people that uh, report to you and their work in making sure that our students are prepared for the future. Well, thank you. hey, remember, we have great kids. We have great kids, and, and, yes. And really a great staff. So thank you. I appreciate those nice words. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to another episode of Real Talk. Until next time. Submit your questions by visiting MiranaAZ.gov slash Realtalk, and we'll answer them right here. To receive notifications for new releases, remember to click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please follow the town on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on current news and events.